imagine spending a week not only in the Maldives, but on a boat that's navigating throughout the various atolls. And this is no ordinary boat. This is scuba spa. And this is a luxury liveaboard that seamlessly blends the adrenaline pumping world of scuba diving with the tranquil pleasures of a top tier spa experience. In this episode, we unpack the amazing week that was scuba spa and talk about our experiences and the incredible marine life that we saw. Everything from whale sharks to manta rays and everything else, all with an incredible luxury experience attached to it as well. And make sure to visit the show notes to see the special weeks that you can actually book this year, like their Love Mantas Week or their Love Whale Sharks Week directly with Scuba Spa. It is sure not to disappoint. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast with DeAndre Koch, brought to you by Boldly Go. Beyond being the founder of Boldly Go, DeAndre has a deep expertise in financial planning through owning his own financial planning firm. This finance background has provided him unique insights, enabling him to navigate the travel landscape with ease and is considered a renowned travel hacker. On this podcast, we're all about assisting adventurous travelers and budding explorers in tackling their travel hurdles, teaching luxury travel hacking strategies, and highlighting the busy professionals that still find time and ways to get away. Expect travel tips, unforgettable destination stories, and guidance on maximizing your rewards points. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out, join us in exploring the best of global travel and become an expert luxury travel hacker yourself. This is your journey, but our revolution in the world of travel. Welcome everyone to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast. I am your host, DeAndre Koch. I have my lovely co-host and fiance with me, Taryn Gisbert. And we have another great one for you today. But first, a note from our sponsor, Truicity Wealth Management. In the USA, we're coming up on tax time. So make sure you're working with an advisor who focuses on tax strategies catered to you. Fun fact, the less money you outlay in taxes could mean the more that you have for travel. And you can see the link to them and our team in our show notes. Now on to part two of our trip, unpacking our three-week trip to the Maldives over New Year's, focusing on our week with Scuba Spa. So Taryn, how did you find out about Scuba Spa? Because you were the one that really drove the charge as far as like, hey, if we're going to do a liveaboard in the Maldives, we should do this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a couple different uh, like women's only scuba groups on Facebook. Um, it's like Girls at Scuba and Scuba Women. And it's really great community. Uh, women can share different experiences. And this scuba spa has come up so many times. And the first time I heard it, I was like, do they know me? I felt so seen. I was like, there's a liveaboard that not only I can scuba dive in the Maldives, but they have spa packages like on the same boat. Like I didn't think that it could be synonymous with a liveaboard to have a luxury experience. And in all of my groups and anyone who would highly recommend it, they also would warn it will, it will ruin you for liveaboards because this is going to be like top of class, best experience and any other liveaboards going to feel 
significantly like a step down and uh, it'll kind of ruin it. And I said, let's ruin me for it then. Like, let's, let's do this. We got to go all out if we're going to do it. Yeah. And it was really cool because uh, they offer different packages, right? So you could do the diving only package, uh, which would get you up to 17 dives in the week. And that didn't mean that you couldn't do any spa packages. It just meant that you would have to just pay a la carte for the spa services you want. Uh, they had a spa only package, or I think you get somewhere around, you know, seven or eight spa packages that you can use throughout the whole week. Uh, and then they have a scuba and spa package where you got basically half of each. So something like, you know, six or seven dives, uh, you know, three or four spa packages throughout the week as well. Uh, and so if you're not like a huge diver, but you do enjoy some diving, that's like a good mix for both of you. And just to be really clear, again, if you um, wanted to hear more about our overall Maldives story, this is part two. Last week episode was part one. Uh, and if you go back to episode five, that's where we actually break down our entire like travel hacking strategy of how we got to the Maldives. One thing I want to point out is Scuba Spa was not a hack in itself. Uh, we actually did just pay straight up cash for this. Part of the reason why we could do that is because we save so much money in so many other aspects of travel, but this was not a hack. And when you go to book, there's they have two boats, Ying and Yang. Boats are pretty much identical, and we ended up booking on the Ying, which ended up being fantastic for us because of the you know we met an incredible group of people. But if you're looking to book this and you see oh there's two boats, they're the exact same, the exact same services, everything like that. And so it, it was great. I know um, when we got back from Adarin, you know, we went to the airport and then Scuba Spa picked us up from the airport. And the just from the moment we got on the, the Doni, which is the dive boat that they also use for transferring us, it was just a great experience, right? I mean, it, it, there, there was there was not a low at all that entire week. No, honestly, it was, I had such high expectations because people put them there and I wasn't disappointed with anything. And I won't lie. I mean, part of me was thinking like, okay, I expect this to just be top class, like everything to be perfect. And it was like, <laughs> like the food, the service, like the, the crew. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to go back because we said once in a lifetime, but Mm, that didn't last, did it? <laughs> right, right. So even from the get-go, right, you know, we had like welcome coconuts with like, you know, fresh Maldivian coconuts. Uh, we got to meet uh, Brandon, the cruise director, Bryony, who was like the head dive master, you know. Yeah, they, you know, we had the welcome towels, you know, got to meet the bartender very early on as well. Um, you know, it, it, it was great. You know, we got shown to our cabin. We had our, you know, day one briefing. So kind of all the people that were there, a lot of couples, you know, no one knows each other or most people didn't know each other, I should say. And so you're always kind of sit around, get briefed. I think the one of the weirdest but coolest things was the no shoes rule, right? And oh. so- you know, a lot of times when you're on like boats, right? The, you know, especially some larger boats, uh, well, I should say larger like catamaran and stuff. Yeah, no shoes. But this was a very, very large boat to have a no shoes rule. And so I think this is the first time in my life since maybe being a toddler that I went an entire week without ever putting on a pair of anything on my feet, right? Because, you know, we were either on the boat or transferring to the dive boat or in the water or on a beach. So literally didn't need to put on shoes until honestly, the moment we were leaving. 
which I loved. I thought that was fantastic. I mean, I grew up on boats. I had boat shoes, but I always kind of preferred to be barefoot. And you know me, I like being barefoot as well. It helps ground you. And the whole reason that they do that is to prevent slipping, which they explained, because you can feel yourself slipping much easier if you're barefoot and you can catch yourself uh, better than if you actually have shoes on. And hey, that's something you can save uh, some weight packing wise, if you know that on the front end. So we said we give you some tips and you're not going to need any shoes. So, I mean, maybe that justifies the thin, thin space <laughs> right. in the suitcase. Yeah. And, and and so it was great. You know, we got there. Uh, they gave us crates for all of our dive gear. We put our dive gear in the crates. They then they took them themselves. They set up all of our gear for us, uh, which was really nice. And so a typical day for us was, you know, we would wake up early. And so I will say from a travel standpoint, we woke up the earliest consistently than we typically ever did because we would wake up, we'd have coffee at 545 in the morning. Um, There was sunrise yoga around the same time, if you would like, right on the front of the boat. And then we would have our first dive briefing at like 615, 630-ish, right? So we'd have our first dive of the morning pretty early. And then we would get off the dive. They'd have snacks for us on the dive boat. And then they'd bring us to the main boat. And that's when we had breakfast. Right? And the breakfast spread was always incredible. Yeah. it was a re- The food was spectacular, honestly. I mean, you had eggs cooked to order. You also had fresh fruit, pastries. And then there was always some hot options. And food was spectacular. And I mean, the typical day, you had to check the board, though, because they would change the schedule because sometimes you got to deal with weather. And they yep. were so swift to make changes when those kind of things would happen. It was really impressive to see how Brandon, the cruise director, would work with all the different dive masters and with the crew and they would they would be able to make a new plan and it was it was amazing but you had to check the board to see because sometimes things could change of what was on the schedule but it would tell you the times of the dives the names of the dives uh which was really cool and i love the briefings i feel like they were the most educational briefings i've ever had before diving at a site I loved that they'd show us like about the, you know, formations, which we learned so much about, as well as like geographically where we were. And it was just a really in-depth briefing before we would go on each dive. And I felt way more prepared for what we were going to be doing and seeing than I think anywhere else I've ever dove. Yeah, well, typically when you have a dive briefing, right, the briefing is given to you by your guide while you're on the boat, like, 20 minutes away from where you're about to drop into the water. Whereas here we would have our, they, they would ring a bell. So they had a dinner bell they used for everything. Cause that's when you knew something was going on. So they ring the dinner bell. We would all go and sit in the re- main restaurant, uh, like dining area. And they had a giant, you know, TV in there. And so the dive briefing was with all of us sitting there, they explained where we were location wise, the sea life. And they basically gave the PowerPoint of the dive before every single dive. And then immediately we got on the, the Doni, which is a traditional Maldivian boat. That's what the dive boat was. Uh, and the di- the Doni had all our tanks and everything. And then we just go and boom, get in the water and, and dive. Um, and so, yeah, the briefings were very elaborate, but it explained a lot and told us exactly what to expect and the strategy and depending on the current, what we were going to do. And very, very, very detailed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, but it was really awesome because as soon as you'd get back to like everything was set, you knew when your next meal was or there'd be a snack. Uh, or maybe there was time to relax, uh, after that one, uh, you know, after lunch and then you can have maybe a nap. We did take a couple naps, I think. Uh, (laughs) we did. There was a lot of dives. I mean, a lot of days it was, 
dive before breakfast, breakfast, dive after breakfast, lunch, dive after lunch, snacks at the bar, evening dive, dinner, and then maybe evening activity, right? So like in a peak day, you could do four dives, which it gets tiring. So you don't have to do all the dives. You can do as many or as little as you want. Uh, and so a lot of days we did all of them. A couple of days we did actually relax and choose a couple to not do. Um, but the, it's a, it's, although it's a very relaxing experience, it is feeling very active as well because we're getting up, we're gearing up. And I mean, but the, the, the sea life we saw made it worthwhile, right? Like if every place we went to, you didn't see anything, diving would be boring, but we saw some incredible, incredible sea life. We were very fortunate, I think. I mean, well, I mean, they everyone did tell us that because that's not something that they can actually uh, influence for sure, right? There's no promises that you're going to see uh, right. a whale shark or a manta. And oh my gosh, we did. We saw whale sharks, multiple. Like we got to, to swim with one when we were diving. Uh, and then when they came to the back of the boat, oh my gosh, that was just incredible watching them because they turned the lights on and they could see all their food. So they're just chomping right at the back of the boat. It's just it's beautiful seeing them up close like that. Yeah. So more specifically, what they, when we were in the specific area, they put this really intense bright light that they put about three feet off the water and the light was so bright that it attracted the plankton. And so the plankton was just pooling all around this light and they said, Hey, you know, ideally a whale shark will show, but they haven't seen one in eight weeks. Well, this massive whale shark shows up and just starts gulping at the plankton and gulping at the plankton. And so I take the opportunity to actually get some drone footage. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, social media, please do so. You actually can see in our highlights, we've got plenty of videos uh, of the whale shark just there at the back of the boat. And this thing was a monster. I mean, it was probably uh, 16 to 18 feet long. And then that one goes away and we're like, great, we saw the whale shark. And then a mother and calf whale sharks show up, right? A a duo. And then those go away. And then another one shows up. Uh, And when the fourth one showed up, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm jumping in. So I put my fins on, put my snorkel on, and we actually jumped in the water. And I just held onto the rope uh, at the back of the boat and just kind of chilled. And, you know, no phone, no photos, no camera. just was in the water with the whale shark, just watching it. And really only about three, three feet away. It was, it was really incredible and a really cool experience experience being in the Indian Ocean at night with this behemoth in the water next to me. Yeah. Being able to be near whale sharks and so many whale sharks was amazing. Uh, This was also the first time I'd seen um, a manta and we Mm -hmm. saw a couple of them and they were just, uh, they're reef mantas. They're not even as big as the oceanic mantas, but trust me, they're still huge. (laughs) When they would swim over, it was just like night passing because it would just get so dark because they'd like envelop all the light above you and they have such unique spots. That was something cool that we learned is that they have unique patterns on their underbellies and it's like a fingerprint where every single manta has a different print unique to them. So you could like uh, send that in. And if they hadn't identified that manta yet, you could name it, which I have not done, but I think I will because I love that idea. (laughs) And one of the things also, uh, we saw sharks, lots of sharks. And I know if you're listening to this, you're like, oh my gosh, sharks, because there's such a bad connotation around sharks. 99.9% of the time, sharks are harmless. And we were, when I say we saw lots of sharks, I'm talking in between our dives. And even when we were just uh, 
on the beach and walking around this, like on the, the, like at the Hyatt, um, which we didn't talk about last episode, but the Hyatt, uh, when we were just on the dock, we could just see sharks two, three feet off the beach. They didn't bother anybody. We literally saw hundreds of sharks in our dives and they were just like any other fish, just cruising around, just like they weren't bothering the fish around them. They weren't bothering us. But one of the cooler things we did was that nurse shark area. That was really, really cool. Taryn, I know you were you were super excited with this one. Uh, it was so cool because it was a really shallow dive. So it was really an easy on you kind of dive. And then there are all of these sleepy whale sharks, uh, whale sharks, nurse sharks. Uh, and they're, they're so cute and like round and they're very docile and they're just like snoozing and cuddling with each other right on the sand. And like, we're right up, like one of them snuggled like right onto your fin. Do you remember? Yeah, like yeah, you didn't I, even I notice. Yeah, I, I had to at, point it out. I was like, look down, look down. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at one cause there was probably 50 of them in the area. And at first when we jumped in the water, they were swimming all around us and then, but it was right after their feeding time. So they were just getting tired and sleeping. They were literally just waiting to lay in the sand. And so I think I was looking at you, looking at one that was in between us. And then one just literally like a shark just kind of nestled itself up next to me and kind of under me, uh, which was uh, caught me completely off guard. Yeah. It's like what like our dog does, you know, it was the same thing where it just kind of snuggled up to your leg and just kind of took a little nap next to your feet. And you're like, Oh my goodness, that's a, like a huge, beautiful shark. That's just sleeping next to my foot right now. And they were not bothered by us at all. It was really cool. They were really not interested. And obviously we respect wildlife. We don't touch right. anything. That's right. That is not what you do uh, for anybody who doesn't know. That's a, it's a no, no. They can know. touch you, but you can't touch them. Exactly. You want to leave the ocean better than when you found it, if anything. So if you see any kind of litter or anything, which honestly, I mean, we didn't see it all. These sites have been preserved really well. And it was it was amazing being that close to the to the nurse sharks. And then, I mean, we even saw so many other reef sharks, too, that, again, weren't interested in us at all. But it was just like breathtaking to be so close and just swimming with them. Yeah. Um, it was in, in, incredible. Probably is the most spectacular diving that I've done, and I know I'm still pretty early on in my uh, certifications and such. Although I, I did have a bit of a milestone when we had just gotten there with my diving. Yeah, so you became an advanced open water diver as well. Yeah, with yes, with did. SSI, which is our, was, which is harder to do than most other diving institutions or certification levels. Uh, so yeah, congrats to you on that. Um, Thank you. We did, uh, and for those of you that are not divers, if you enjoy snorkeling, you're still going to have an incredible experience because one of the times we actually dove and saw a whale shark in our dive, there were probably, there were a hundred snorkelers around as well above us that also got to see the whale shark. So there's a lot of cool experiences you can have because the visibility is absolutely insane. You can very easily see uh, 150 to 200 feet distance underwater, or sometimes in a dive, you can't even see your hand in front of you with all the sediment and everything like that. So the water is just pristine. It's crystal clear. And, and it was incredible, incredible sea life. But I want to transition and talk about New Year's because we essentially experienced, not experienced, we had New Year's uh, while on the boat. And so that was actually our first full day. So we arrived on day one and boom, day two was New Year's Eve. So we had a couple dives before lunch. We relaxed and then that started, that turned into party time, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was great because the beach party ended up turning. Uh, well, it was supposed to be a beach party, but because of the weather, it ended up being a boat party, and it was really cool because uh, you know I actually had to help them set up the sound and everything like that, which was a whole kerfuffle. But we made great friends because Claire who or Clarita was the singer that they had brought on board. And she's an amazing, amazing, amazing singer. Just her, her voice is heavenly. Uh, (laughs) Yes, it really uh, is. Yeah, it was incredible. I think uh, she's got a couple number one albums in the UAE. um, And I believe her husband, Mark said that she has uh, helped open up for Elton John, like in Abu Dhabi, like incredible singer. So she performed over dinner. And then um, DJ Tall Paul, so they had a DJ there too. Uh, he played, he he mixed it up, and we just had this amazing boat party during New Year's in the Indian Ocean. And so we're the Ying boat. The Yang boat actually brought their people over, so we all had everybody on one boat partying, which is really awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, they had the lights. And with the DJ and everything, uh, and you know, if you went to the side of the boat, it wasn't planned by them, but on a nearby island, there was fireworks. Uh, it was it was really fun. A huge difference from what we did last year, for sure. But I think it was it was so much more of like an intimate kind of party because you know more exclusive, right? Right. Um, plus, we made amazing friends. I mean, everyone on the boat, like with us was actually spectacular. We had so much fun. I mean, cause you really spend a lot of time with the people on the boat. You have every meal together. You do the briefings together. You're on a dive boat together, which you're very close, close to each other. And I think that we were just so lucky that everybody was just so amazing. And it just was such a, a fun party uh, being able to do that as well as our late night swim that we had or our early morning swim, or should I say after, after midnight, where we got to jump off the back of the boat, uh, which I didn't think we'd ever be allowed to do. So that was that was cool. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, the party kept going. And then eventually, we just said, hey, you know, so we actually changed the bathing clothes and then just literally just jumped off the back of the boat. The guy backflipped into the water. And this is, again, we're in the Indian Ocean, right? So we're just in, in just jumping into the dark. Um, but there, there was a, one of the women in the group, she was still in her New Year's Eve dress. She just just yeeted herself into the water, full dress on. She was having the time of her life. I mean, everyone was having a great time. And that was really a cool opportunity for us to bond because, again, that was, that was really our second date or our first full day there, uh, our second night. And so that's when we really like clicked kind of relationship-wise, community-wise, and it was that was really cool. Absolutely. And she that was like full-out rock star, you know, when they're jumping in in their dresses and clothes. It was pretty, it was awesome. That was amazing. Yeah, it um, was. And I went to the spa as well. You did. Um, I had to, I mean, right? Scuba spa. I have to have all of the experiences and I had to check out the spa and I did uh, a massage. It was a, a different kind of massage, which is more traditional on um, Eastern. I had a really amazing massage and they had a number of different oils you could choose from. And it was, it was really relaxing for me also having like the rock of the boat, which I didn't feel that much. But I I really wish I had more time for the spa, but I'm also okay with it because it, I didn't really find myself bored at any point of our time on board because the, the crew was great. The amenities were great. The food was fantastic. And the spa, I mean, if you're not a scuba diver and you think that you, you might not, this might not be for you, if you like spas, 
oh, trust me, those packages are fantastic because you can have your spa packages. They have scrubs, they have facials. I mean, they have everything that you want out of a spa on board. And it just felt like a five-star spa, including the different amenities that they had on the boat, like the hot tub and sky deck. Yeah, it was I mean, they had the sky deck, I mean, the spa deck. And when we say the food was incredible, I mean, I mean there was four chefs. Mm-hmm. Everything was presented very well. Everything was extremely flavorful. Uh, and they actually, it wasn't just all, you know, Indian food or Maldivian food. They actually had a theme almost every single night. And so like even one of the nights was a more like Mexican style food. And so they had enchiladas and everything like that. And they just cooked things from all over the world and it was amazing. I mean, the, the food, the presentation, even at the bar, right? We would get our cappuccinos in the morning, and they would design like whale sharks and turtles with the fo- with the milk and the foam, right? Instead of just instead of just a basic heart, like we were getting like sea animals. I mean, it, they knocked it out the park across the board. Yeah, they were like coffee artists. I mean, it was beyond anything you see in a in a cappuccino for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we had a really cool cocktails on the beach night because we were supposed to have our New Year's experience like on the beach, but of course the weather it, it prevented that. So we did have a really awesome like cocktails on the beach night where we got to catch the sunset on the beach. And that was really one of the cooler, more intimate experiences because we had a bar that they set up for us on the beach and we literally got to just sit on the beach and just watch the sunset and it was a giant like sandbar so there were no trees on this island so you could really see all around you 360 view the colors were amazing just just loved it i mean again can't speak highly enough about the experience and the visuals and you know we had a dinner under the stars one night at the front of the boat Uh, again weather ended up making that kind of crazy because it was like pristine just you know claire was singing again playing the piano while singing amazing voice and I actually got my drone out, filmed that as well, was rotating the drone around the beach. Next thing you know, the winds, the air got a little chilly. And Brandon, the cruise director, was like, mm, I think we've got about 15 minutes before a storm hits. And about two minutes later, it started pouring. Uh, and so we all mad dashed everything inside. And then we brought the equipment inside. And that ended up turning into karaoke night. Yeah. I, what they did, like being able to turn that whole setup from outside and inside so quickly. I mean, it, it was incredible that they turned on like a dime with different circumstances and weather. It's like they had plans and backup plans and karaoke was, it was really fun. Although, I mean, it was really kind of hard to sing after hearing Claire singing. Uh, <laughs> but you did it so and, you, and you did a great job. You did a great job. Uh, it was for fun, you know. I'm not quitting my day job. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I hopped on as well and sang um, again. I, I don't sing well. I just sing with passion. Um, so that that kind of makes up for not sounding great. But we ended up saying goodbye. That was really an incredible week overall. Anything else you you, you want to add about Scuba Spa? I mean, it was on its own. It was just an incredible experience. It was eight days, seven nights. The communication, the transportation, the food, the diving, the community. I mean, what else What else could we say? Honestly, I mean, I could talk about it for four hours, literally, and I won't. But uh, I'm, I'm very excited that we're going to go back because I it made it, it made it easier to say goodbye. Although that was still like a teary goodbye, honestly. We weren't even done with our trip. But it was just hard to say goodbye to the boat and the crew and our friends. But yeah, obviously, would do again. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 
Yeah, and we uh, we are actually. They invited us uh, to come back for a special occasion in November. Uh, so we will be going back to Scuba Spa and having another incredible, incredible week. And so after Scuba Spa is when we went to the Park Hyatt, which we talked about last episode, how amazing the Park Hyatt was. Truly an incredible experience. And then after the Park Hyatt, got back to Male, and then we flew home. Uh, through Virgin Atlantic, and we flew in their upper class. So this was business class all the way home uh, with an 11-hour flight to London um, and then an eight-hour flight to JFK. And then their partner airline, Delta, took us business class back home. And so we had access to the lounge, actually. So because of our of the business class flight with American, uh, sorry, not with American, with Virgin Atlantic, we actually had access to that lounge there in Mali, which was, it was a really nice lounge. It was, it was nice. It was cute. Again, no alcohol in this lounge, but they did have a lot of other options. They even had like a, like a zero alcohol beer, uh, as well as different juices and hot foods. And it was, it was definitely a cute, cute lounge there, but Virgin Atlantic upper class was cool because it's not just business class because they only have upper class. So they don't have like a first, a lot of different airlines will have, you know, a first and a business. They kind of brand it all as upper class, but it was a totally different flying experience because it, it, it says it in a lot of their branding because it's meant to be like a social experience and having a, a bar on the plane that you can get up and go and they take off this fasten seatbelt sign and you can go stand at the bar and, you know, uh, the flight attendants are mixing cocktails for you and you're socializing with other people on the flight. Like it, it was like a party. It was really a totally unique flying experience for me. It was. So the staff, 10 out of 10 for me, the mm-hmm. layout, my least favorite. And to describe it for for the listeners, essentially, uh, and you can, again, you can see our videos, you can see our stories uh, if you go to Instagram, but essentially, even though you're business class, so we each, Tara and I were on the right side of the plane, we each had a window, but the window is actually to our back and you actually face inward. So everyone is pointing inward to the center of the plane. And so it was kind of weird because you could just awkwardly look at your neighbor kind of across the aisle from you. And then it was really hard for Tara and I to communicate with each other because, because it's, you know, you're staggered, you're angled facing forward with your back to the window. Like one of us would have to crane our neck over our back left shoulder to be able to talk to the other person. And then the other piece I didn't like was the fact that, and I, I I want to be really clear. This is like complete first world problems, right? We're still flying business (laughs) class. We're still having like champagne in the sky, right? So this is completely first world problems. But if I'm going to, be picky because you know again we like to travel hack and have great experiences the bed typically when you're in a lie flat bed in business class you just hold a button and your seat turns into the bed you don't have to move there you have to actually fully get out and then like the back of the chair flips up and turns it into a bed in this weird kind of way but you can't actually be in the seat you can't even have your your tv monitor out you have to be completely out have your tv monitor stowed for the bed the seat to turn to a bed and there's no like middle ground where if you wanted to kind of recline up to watch a movie but still be in a position to fall asleep you can't really do that it's either like seat or flat uh again First world problems, the bed was comfortable, the food was great, the staff was great, but those things did make it an annoyance when you're on an 11-hour flight and you might necessarily not want to 
you know, completely lay flat and go to sleep, but also you don't want to be sitting upright, you know, when you're watching a show. But I know overall though, like, Taryn, I kept finding you at the bar, so I think you didn't even notice that much. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. I, I mean, I did uh, take a, a bit of a nap on each flight, uh, and yeah, it was a little cumbersome with the seat and everything. To your point, but you know, that's the layout of the plane, and you know, the plane is the plane, right? But the the staff, I feel like, made it so fun. Like, I've just never had flight attendants that were just so like personable and cool. And it it was a, you know, really awesome. Uh, they even had given us a little card and a bottle of champagne to take with us yeah. um, on our second flight from London. As an engagement. Yeah. As an engagement. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a full bottle, not a tiny bottle. Like yeah, a full, full, a full of, legit of bottle of champagne and yeah. a card from them. It was it was just really sweet. They they did kind of everything to be above and beyond on service. I think so. Everything that was in their control, I thought was spectacular. It, it absolutely was. Virgin Air, uh, Airways or Virgin Atlantic, they did a great job. Their crew was amazing, and the vibe of the plane, the lights, was like a purple bluish glow almost like you see gamers use when they're streaming in the background like a really cool effects everywhere it was really awesome and again the food was great uh and they had some really cool cocktails as well which was which was awesome and so we basically landed in jfk uh, we got to jfk late we stayed in a hotel for probably all of like seven hours it really wasn't much because we had a flight out the next morning and that's when we headed home. And that was the the majority. That was basically it for our trip. Overall, Maldives was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. I mean, Taryn, just I know this is a two-parter right over the last two weeks, but just let's give some final thoughts. What do you think, Maldives? I'll let you go. Uh, it's officially right now my number one uh, country of all the places that I've been maybe because of the engagement. I mean, that might have helped <laughs> it, but uh, the Maldives was pretty amazing. So even if it didn't happen, I have a feeling I would still feel that way. But now That's it's fair. actually a little bit more special to me um, because, you know, it also was for a proposal that was epic. Hey everyone, this is DeAndre Coke interrupting this episode real quick to let you know that if you want to see the video of the proposal and how it was executed on the sandbank in the middle of the ocean in the Maldives, head over to our boldlygo.world Instagram page and we have the full video pinned to our profile. Also, if you want to learn the secrets on how to travel in luxury like we do without breaking the bank, we've partnered with Lux Travel Hacks to provide you access to their in-depth online travel hacking course with a deep discount. Click the link in the show notes and use the code BOLDLYGO at checkout to take advantage of this huge opportunity. All right, now back to the show. I loved the the water, the the wildlife, the service was always amazing everywhere. And I loved that uh, in the Maldives that they'd always give you bits of culture and they'd always explain how things were like naturally cultivated or grown there, how they desalinize their own water to Mm -hmm. be green and all their focuses. They would tell you, you know, uh, the different Maldivian words and they'd give you history. So I I thought that that was always really cool that there was a lot of education about the Maldives and the history and how tourism started which was not that long ago. It was in the 50s, how they use the US dollar. I mean, I feel like I learned so much about this country and I, I love that. Those little touches made it even more special in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, it was it was amazing. I think everywhere we went, 
the staff, you know, felt like they went above and beyond. Uh, everyone felt really generous and heartfelt in like their desire to want to help you, to want to serve you. Honestly, the last time I felt like that level of service or something close to that was probably when we were at Oman, you know, where, where I felt like really everyone there wanted to serve. And the only difference was everyone in Oman was Omani here. People were from all over the world. And we just met a lot of really great people. And, you know, this is one of the few places I've been to in the world where it looks in reality as good as it looks on social media, right? I mean, the water is pristine. The you know, when it's not raining, the sky is pristine. The sea life is so vibrant. It was truly, truly, truly an incredible experience. And so, for the listeners out there, Maldives should absolutely be on your list. It's absolutely somewhere you can go through hacking. It's going to still cost some money. I'm not going to say this. Maldives is one of the places that it's going to be a little bit difficult to do everything completely on points, completely free, but it is doable. But it's a place where you can have an incredible, incredible, incredible experience. And that's why we're all about revolutionizing your journey because for the same amount that you pay to go to the Caribbean or wherever it may be in cash, the right strategy when it comes to points, cards, travel hacking, understanding status, all those things could take you to the complete other side of the world to a place that when you get there, you are going to believe this can't actually be real because it is so, so, so beautiful. Taryn, any last thoughts before we go? No, no. I mean, that's it was magical. It was magical place. It's it, it, I kept saying that when we were there. It, like, this can't be real. How is this real? Yeah. <laughs> you guys got to check it out. Absolutely do. So just as a reminder, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, including TikTok, but especially Instagram. That's where both of us share live what's going on, our trips, our experiences. You can live vicariously through us. We also get the tips and tricks that we share over the podcast there as well. And we'll be able to connect with us through our website as well, boldlygo.world. You'll be able to actually, uh, if you sign up for the newsletter there, get access to our recommended cards, uh, our cards for different categories. And we even have a calculator there that you can use to understand how much value are you getting for your points and is it worthwhile to redeem your points for this amount of value. So we have a lot of tools, tips, and resources for you available as well. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, share the podcast, keep enjoying the journey. So remember, we are revolutionizing your journey in travel, right? So this is your journey our revolution. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning into the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast brought to you by Boldly Go. Hit that follow button so you don't miss out on new episodes. For deeper insights and to level up your travel game with our strategies, book a consultation with us. Head over to www.boldlygo.world to set it up and explore more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boldly Go. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The strategies and results referenced on this site, while proven, are not guaranteed. While most who apply the principles referenced will achieve similar results, you may not yourself. 
Your results will vary and depend on many factors that may be in or out of your control, but include factors such as your credit score, financial status, business experience, etc. It is your responsibility to consume and implement these recommendations at your own risk. We cannot be held responsible for any failure to do so.